Good morning. Good to see you all here this morning. If you're new, my name is Nathan, and I'm blessed to serve as the discipleship pastor here at Hallmark. Uh, our pastor, John, and his wife, Joy, are out in Florida, as he said, visiting their sons. So we'll be praying for them as they travel back this week. If you would, open your Bible or your Bible app with me to 1 Samuel chapter 3. 1 Samuel chapter 3 is where we will be this morning. We've been going through a series called Dangerous Prayers, and today is the final message in that series. I really appreciate uh, Pastor John leading us through this series, because I don't know about you, but I've been really challenged uh, over the last several weeks about my prayer life. I've, I've appreciated how Pastor John has kind of challenged us to kind of move beyond just praying for our meals or praying for our sniffles, but praying dangerous prayers, like, God, send me. God, give me boldness to share the gospel. God, show me the areas in my life that do not honor you. Those are challenging prayers. Those are dangerous prayers compared to what I must confess typically take up most of my prayer time. A lot of my prayer time is really focused on my immediate circumstances. It's very me-focused. But the Bible calls us to more. The Bible calls us to pray these types of prayers that look beyond us and look instead to God's purpose for our lives. And so I'm excited to walk through today's final message in this series called Speak to Me. How many of you have either watched TV, you've watched something on YouTube this week, you've listened to a podcast, or you've listened to music at some point during this week? How many of you have done any of those things? Vast majority of us, if not all. How many of you have done all of those things this week? I don't know about you, but in my life, there are very few moments of silence. And that's not just because I have a two-year-old, but typically, if I'm at my computer at home, I've got Spotify playing, I've got a YouTube video playing in the background. When we're in the car, we have music playing. Our, our culture is full of, of noise. And uh, I don't know if, if you all have noticed this, but it kind of made me feel old, but like in the last couple of years, if you go to like a store, or to a restaurant. Have y'all noticed that some of the younger employees, they'll walk up and they'll be talking to you and they have an AirPod in their ear while they're at work? Uh, That like has just recently become a thing, I think, like within the last year and a half or so. And like the first time I saw that, I was like, what is this kid doing? And then I felt old saying that. Um, But like that's to me is like a great picture of our culture. We have to have something in our ear constantly. We don't like silence. Someone's voice is usually filling our heads, whether it's a podcaster, a news anchor, a musician. We're usually spending a decent chunk of our day listening to somebody else. But church, what we need today more than ever is not the voice of other people. What we need today is the voice of God in our life. And it's really easy to let all of these other noises and voices distract us from the primary voice that you and I need to hear from on a regular basis, and that is the voice of God. In the last couple of weeks with the tragedy in Uvalde, you turn on the news, it's wall-to-wall coverage, and it's full of you know, politicians, political commentators, news anchors, podcasters, and they're all just basically essentially saying, well, I think this is the problem. Well, I think this is the solution. Well, I think these people are to blame. Well, I think this, I think that. It's full of thoughts, full of opinions. But we have plenty of opinions today. 
but we're starving for the voice of God. We live in a world where we can access virtually unlimited information, which is great, and yet somehow at the same time we live in the age of disinformation, don't we? We have unlimited access to whatever knowledge we want at our fingertips, and yet we are still starving for what is true. We still lack the truth of God in our life and in our nation. And so today I want to just reinforce one thing, that if you only remember one line from today's message, if you're still with me and just can pay attention for just like 10 more seconds, just this one line, that's that the work of God begins with the voice of God. The work of God in your life is going to start with the voice of God in your life. God wants to use you. I believe that God wants to use Hallmark. I believe that God has a plan and a purpose for all of us in here, but I don't believe that that will happen without us being in communication with him first. I don't believe that that will happen if we have God on mute in our life. The work of God begins with the voice of God. So we'll be in 1 Samuel chapter 3 today. Let's start in verse 1. Now the boy Samuel was ministering to the Lord in the presence of Eli. And the word of the Lord was rare in those days. There was no frequent vision. At that time, Eli, whose eyesight had begun to grow dim so that he could not see, was lying down in his own place. The lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was lying down in the temple of the Lord where the ark was. Then the Lord called Samuel, and he said, Here I am. And he ran to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. But he said, I did not call. Lie down again. So he went and lay down. And the Lord called again, Samuel. And Samuel arose and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. But he said, I did not call my son. Lie down again. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, and the word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. And the Lord called Samuel again the third time, and he arose and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. Then Eli perceived that the Lord was calling the boy. Therefore Eli said to Samuel, Go, lie down, and if he calls you, you shall say, Speak, Lord, for your servant hears. So Samuel went and lay down in his place, and the Lord came and stood, calling as at other times, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel said, Speak, for your servant hears. Father, I ask that as we open your word today that you would speak to us, that you would just use me as a vessel to communicate your truth from your word. And we ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. First thing this morning I want to point out is that God wants to speak. God wants to speak. Samuel is living at the very tail end of the time of the judges, and he would be Israel's last and final judge. The very last verse in the book of Judges really gives us a glimpse of what the temperature of the nation of Israel was like during that time. In Judges 21, 25, it says, In those days there was no king in Israel. Everyone did what was right in his own eyes. Sound familiar? That's how the whole book just ends with that line. And if you've read the book of Judges, you know that that whole book is just full of chaos. And that chaos is an expression of the spiritual darkness that was taking place in the land of Israel. And part of the reason for that spiritual darkness was what 1 Samuel 3 opens up with, that the word of the Lord was rare in those days. Like I mentioned earlier, we are drowning in information, but we are starving for truth. We are starving for a word from the Lord today. If more data, if more facts, if more knowledge... If all of that was the key to human flourishing, then man, we'd be living in utopia right now. 
But utopia, I hope this is not it. <laughs> we have problems in spite of our knowledge, in spite of our access. Our problem is not an information problem or an access problem. It's deeper than that. It's a heart problem. So we can access virtually anything we want, yet for some reason we still have trouble determining the truth. It's hard today, isn't it, to know what's true and what's not, to determine what's real and what's fake. It's getting more and more difficult despite our increased technology, our increased access. Now we don't know what's true and what's not true anymore. But I'm thankful that the God of the Bible is God who speaks and he speaks only truth. We have a speaking God. And if you've grown up in church, that might be something that we take for granted, but it's an amazing thing that we serve a God who does, in fact, speak. God is not silent, but he's also never been obligated to speak with anyone ever, and yet he chooses to do so because he desires that relationship with us as his people. The Bible opens and it ends with God speaking. Genesis chapter 1 begins with God speaking creation into existence. And then from there on out, he continues to speak over and over and over again. He speaks to Adam and Eve, to Noah, to Abraham. He speaks to the prophets. And then in the New Testament, Jesus himself embodies even more the fact that God wants to speak to us. He spoke to the Apostle Paul on his way to kill Christians before he was the Apostle Paul. Changed his whole life. And then like Pastor John said, next week we'll be starting a series in Revelation and the book of Revelation opens with God speaking to the Apostle John and giving him all of these amazing visions and prophecies. Our God is a speaking God from Genesis to Revelation. He speaks and he wants to speak to us. And every step of the way, he speaks the truth. And it's good to know that God speaks in general, but God wants to speak to you. God has a message for each and every single one of us here today. You see, whenever we see God calling out to Samuel, he doesn't give Samuel one shot, and then once Samuel misses it, says, well, I gave you that one chance, now I'm out. No, he, he persists in his calling to Samuel, not once, not twice, not three times, four times until finally they get to have a conversation. And Samuel, at this point in his life, we don't know exactly how old he is, but virtually everyone agrees he's not an adult yet. He's still a boy, somewhere between 12 and 17 years old. So he has no power, he has no influence, he's not a priest, he's not a prophet yet, he's just a boy working for the priest Eli. But God had something to say to him. And I believe that God has something to say to you and to me. The question is, are we listening for that voice? Are we taking the time to let God speak to us and get a hold of our hearts? God wants to speak to you because his work in your life will begin with the voice of God. So God wants to speak, but we have to be close to him in order to hear his voice. The further away you are from God, the more dull and dim his voice will be in your life. Samuel had positioned himself, both physically and spiritually, in a way that he could hear the voice of God. He was there, you know, surrounded by the, the uh, tabernacle rituals and sacrifices and worship. He was working with Eli, which was great. But once the conversation with God started, he says, Speak, Lord, for your servant hears. Samuel, even though he was simply, you know, repeating the prayer that Eli had told him to pray, he understood his position in this relationship. Right? God is God, and he is the servant. Whatever God says, he would do. 
To me, it's a little encouraging that Samuel didn't get it right the first time when God called out to him. That it had to take one, two, three, four times before finally there was a connection. Samuel, this guy who would become one of the great prophets of Israel, who would be the last judge, even he struggled to hear and to discern the voice of God. Maybe that's happened to you at some point where you thought God was leading you to do something, and then eventually God had to kind of course correct and show you what he actually wanted you to do. Have you all ever been in that situation before? I, got, I thought God wanted me to do this. Turns out it was over here. I'm thankful that God's not mad at us when we can't understand him, when we struggle to hear him, when we struggle to discern his voice and his will in our lives. We just have to continually place ourselves in the presence of God, and over time, we will learn to pick out his voice from the noise. In the New Testament, in John 10, 27, Jesus says, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. How many of you had at least one subject in school growing up that you just really struggled with? For me, in my middle school years and elementary school years, the one that I really struggled with was English grammar. For some reason, the subjunctive mood, the participles, all of that, I just, I just could not get it in my head. And if you had a good teacher, hopefully whatever that subject was that, that you were struggling with, a good teacher, even an average teacher, is not going to say, hey, I taught you one time, if you don't get the concept yet, not pay me enough to keep on trying with you, so just have fun figuring it out on your own, right? No, no decent teacher would ever say anything like that. How much more, though, is our relationship with God even better? God is not going to be upset with us. He's not going to ridicule us or uh, shake his finger at us. If we can't understand him the first time, he's going to persist. God has a, has a way of getting our attention, doesn't he? Through circumstances, through people, through life. God wants to speak to you. And I hope that gives you encouragement this morning. You're not out here flailing around in the universe on your own. God has a message and a purpose specifically for you. Not just for us in general, but for you personally, individually. So God spoke to Samuel and he was ready to listen. He said, Lord, speak. I am your servant. Now, none of us would never say this, but I think oftentimes in my prayers, I would treat God as if he were my servant. I treat him as the divine genie. I rub the lamp of prayer. And I expect God to answer whatever it is my requests are, right? And when we do that, even though we wouldn't put it that way, we're saying, God, you're my servant, and I want you to do my will. But Samuel, when he approaches the Lord, he says, speak, Lord, for your servant hears. And that's the correct posture of prayer. We come to God in prayer because he has a word for us, and he wants us to do his will, not ours. That should be our heart behind when we come to God in prayer. Not, God, I want you to accomplish my will, but God, accomplish your will in me. That should be the heart, motive, and desire for our prayers. I hope you're beginning to see why inviting God to speak into your life can be a dangerous thing. Because we don't know what he's going to say. We don't know what he's going to ask. You know what he's going to do, but if he is the Lord and we are the servant, then the only right response to him once he does speak is to obey, is to bow in submission to him. And that can be a terrifying thing. You know, whenever Jesus spoke when he was on earth, and we see what he said in, in the Gospels, the, the things that he said were never really easy. He had a lot of hard sayings. 
if Jesus only said what was expected, what was comfortable, what was easy, they wouldn't, they wouldn't have crucified him. But because he said hard, difficult things, it was a hard message for people to digest. And so when we invite God to speak, we are approaching him as servants who are willing to obey and do whatever he asks. God may ask us to give up a dream that we have for a dream that he has for us. God may ask us to give up some financial security for instead security and trusting for his provision. God may ask us to step out in faith and do something that on our own we would be powerless to do. But God asks us of those things only if we give him the opportunity, only if we invite him to speak. It's easy to go through the motions of Christianity and go through the motions of going to church and having the veneer of the work of God in your life without ever spending actual time with God himself. But when we spend time with God himself, I believe that he will speak to us and that he will guide us. But we can often suffer from spiritual hearing loss, I think. The further we get away from God, the harder it is to hear from him. When we fill our heads with the voices of podcasters and influencers and news anchors all day, every day, and don't give God the time that he needs, we shouldn't be surprised when it's hard to hear him. So many times I have to admit that the structure of my life essentially puts God on mute. I'm super busy. I've always, I'm always listening to someone or something else, whether it's the talking heads on my phone or music on Spotify, whatever it may be. But all of that combined with very little time with God will lead you to have spiritual hearing loss as well. It's hard to hear God when you're listening to everybody and everything else. Now the antidote to that is to simply stay close to him. Spend time in the presence of God. Be with God, sit with God, listen to God, pray. And the more we do that, the easier it will be to hear his voice. We have to position ourselves close to God because the work of God begins with the voice of God. So how, so how does God speak? It's like we all know that we ought to pray. We all know that, sure, God wants to speak to me, but how do I actually go about hearing what God has to say in my life? Well, the first thing we have to understand is that God speaks through the Bible. Uh, reading the Bible is a way that every morning, I hope, when you open that up, it's a way that you are inviting God into your life to speak to you. For me, oftentimes, reading the Bible can just be a checklist. I have to do this in the morning. Let me read through it real quick and move on with my day. But instead, we should approach it as I'm inviting God to speak to me through his word. Right? That device that you have in your hand or that Bible that's in your lap, that is evidence that God wants to speak to you. That's evidence that God has a message for you. The question is, are you going to open it up and actually read it? LifeWay Research a couple years ago, they did one of the most extensive research on discipleship to date, and they found that the number one gauge of someone's spiritual health, the number one gauge of if someone was going to stay following Jesus for the overall trajectory of their life was, does this person read their Bible on a daily basis? Bible reading. It's the number one gauge. And yet, over 50% of Americans only read the Bible twice a year. Only 16% actually read the Bible on a weekly basis. 
And so how can we be surprised if we struggle to hear from God when we never open up the words he's already given to us? God has given us this gift of his word. And today we are blessed. We have unlimited access to it, don't we? And yet how little do we read it? How little do we understand it and apply it? Part of the, of the goal for us as a church is that we create a culture where all of us, we are self-feeders. And what I mean by that is I hope that the only Bible time that you get is not right now. I hope that this is not going to be what carries you through the rest of the week. I hope that your connect group teacher is not the only time you're going to be opening up the word with somebody else. You have to be in God's word on a regular basis. And I know it's challenging. I know we wake up late sometimes. I know the schedules get crazy. But we have to make God's word a priority because if we lose God's voice in our life, we will be lost. If we lose the voice of God in our life, we will miss the work that he has for us to do. 2 Timothy 3.16 says, All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for proof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man or woman of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. You're not going to be equipped for the work that God has for you if you're not in his word on a regular basis. That's why we provide a reading plan while we post that on our social media every week. There's papers with it out in the lobby. If you struggle to know what to read and when, we've literally laid it out for you for the entire year. So just pick one of those up and just start there. Just start reading the word of God. So God speaks to us through his word and he speaks to us through prayer. And yes, of course, we all know that we should pray more. But I want to ask you, how long do you spend in prayer every single day? The average is five minutes. That's the average for the normal Christian in America is we spend five minutes every single day praying. And then the rest of the time, we have all these other voices in our lives. Now, this is, this is a hard thing for us, right? Because like I said, silence is not something that is normal for us as a culture. We don't like silence. It gets awkward, it gets uncomfortable, we just don't like it. But when it comes to our walk with the Lord, we have to get comfortable with just spending time with God. That's gonna be one of the key ways that he speaks to us. When you look at the life of Christ, he prays a lot. But what's interesting to me is that most if not all of his recorded prayers, they're all pretty short, which is encouraging. He doesn't like to have these huge, long, impossible prayers. But the other thing, though, that we see is that Jesus spends hours and hours and hours praying, right? So much so that his disciples, they, they just can't keep up. They're like falling asleep, and they're like, we just can't keep up with this guy. But they ask Jesus, teach us how to pray. And so, sure, not every prayer of Jesus is recorded in the Bible, but I think there's something to be said about simply spending extended time with God. Not because we want something from him, but we just want him. We want God himself. He is the ultimate treasure that we have in our life. He is the ultimate gift. Spending time with God needs to be a practice for us. And this is something that I'm struggling with, trying to get better at. So believe me, I understand how hard it is to just sit and pray. There's this preacher from the 1800s, his name was E.M. Bounds, and he wrote a ton of books 
about prayer. He was all about prayer. And one of the things that he really emphasizes is the idea of Scripture that we see over and over again of waiting on the Lord. He says, we often end praying just where we ought to begin. We quit praying when God waits, and he's waiting for us to really pray. You know, most of us, our prayer life consists of our meals and bedtime. And that's good. Don't stop doing that. But what if there's more? What if God has something more to say to you? What if you give God time and space every single day so that his voice can break through the noise and get through to your heart and that he can show you what his work for you in this life could be? All of us, I think, want to be good Christians. We want to do the will of God. We want to follow Jesus. We, that's why we're here. And yet the whole irony is, is that we, we say that and yet we don't spend much time with Jesus one-on-one the rest of the week. You cannot rely on this Sunday morning experience for your whole spiritual well-being. You have to read the Bible on your own. You have to pray on your own and spend that time with God because he has something to say to you. And this world is crazy. I need to hear from God. I want God to speak to me. I want God to use me. I want God to use us as a church. But if we're not spending time with him, we can't be surprised if that does not happen. Right? We, we can't ride on the coattails of Pastor John's prayer life. It's you. It's your prayer life. Are you spending time with God every single day? Are you reading God's word every single day? And again, you miss a day, it's fine. Don't beat yourself up. But the principle is, are we pushing for more of God's voice in our life? Are we allowing the voices of the world to so crowd out his voice that it's impossible to hear? Read his word, pray. We need to get alone with God like maybe you've never done in your whole life. Times of silence, stillness, prayer, waiting on the Lord, waiting until God speaks. One principle that I believe we see in Scripture is that God will not compete for your attention. Of course, there's miraculous times in Scripture where God shows up in fire and thunder and lightning, and it's amazing. You can't, you can't ignore it. But I think on the whole, for most believers, most of the time, God is not going to sit there and try to compete with YouTube for your attention. He's not going to try to talk over the voice of Fox News while you're watching that in the evening. God's not going to compete for your attention. He wants us to desire his attention. He wants us to put ourselves in a position where he is our primary focus. Because I think the main way that God speaks to us today is through that still, small voice. And you can't hear a still, small voice if you've got everything else in your life blaring. Give God space. Give God room. Give God time. I believe that he will speak. I think Pastor John's doing a great job of trying to promote a culture of prayer over the last couple of years. Uh, That's why now every Saturday morning from 7 a.m. to 9 a.m., this space is open for you to come and pray. Homes can be noisy. It's hard to make time if you're in your normal places. So we've opened up the sanctuary every Saturday morning from 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. for you to come and pray. Wednesday nights in the chapel, uh, we have a prayer night where together we spend time in silence and we pray for each other and we pray for kingdom-oriented prayers because it's important to us as a church. Right now, while we're in here, we have a prayer team 
that is praying over you, praying over us, praying over this service, asking that God would move and work. Because we understand that prayer changes things, because God changes things, because his work begins with his voice. And so prayer is something that is not just a Christian add-on to your life. It is your lifeline to communication with God. And so there's always going to be something that comes our way that will crowd out that time. We have to be very diligent, vigilant to guard our time with the Lord. If we don't, then we will slowly develop that spiritual hearing loss. So God speaks through the Bible, God speaks through prayer, and God speaks through his people. I want to challenge you this morning that if you are here and no one else in this room knows the real you, to open up to somebody. One of your friends that you have here at church, choose to confide in them your struggles, your failures, your fears, your victories. Find people in this church that you can talk to. I've been here a while now, and I, I can tell you that no one here is going to condemn you. No one here is going to judge you. You will find love, acceptance, and people that will come alongside of you and help you in your walk with Jesus. But so many people, we just sit in the pew every Sunday in our little cocoon, and we put on the veneer, and we ask about the weather or sports or whatever else, but no one really knows what's going on in your heart. No one really knows what's going on in your life. And I'm telling you, you are missing out on one of the ways that God wants to speak to us, and that's through his people. It's easy to talk to God by ourselves. It's a little bit harder to talk to other people, isn't it? It's a bit more scary to say, hey, I'm going to open up to someone, and I'm going to tell them all of my flaws, all of my fears, all my failures. That's, a, that's an intimidating thing. I think most of you sitting in this room can probably think back to an interaction, a conversation, a relationship you had with someone that God used to encourage you, to challenge you, to correct you, when you whenever you needed it. And so if we are subtracting ourselves from that equation, if we're saying, hey, I'm just here, I'm going to sit, I'm going to listen, I'm going to go home, we're missing out on one of the ways that God wants to communicate with us. You know, we talk about being a faith community. We don't develop community by sitting next to each other in pews. That's not what community is. Community is whenever you open up your life and your heart and you invite people in. That's when true community develops. And so if we want to be a faith community, one of the benefits of that is that God will use the people that are sitting in this room to speak to you, to challenge you, to encourage you whenever you are discouraged, to help you to keep going when otherwise you would give up. God did not design us to walk through this Christian life on our own. If that's what you do, you will ultimately find a place where you just can't continue. God designed us to live in community with him and with each other. And oftentimes we, we neglect the community with one another. That's why church is more than just a transfer of information, why it's more than just watching a sermon online and then logging off. Church is also about relationship with God and with his people. If no one knows what's going on in your life, no one can encourage you. No one can help you. No one can point out the flaws that you have, not out of judgment, but out of love. None of us here are perfect. All of us need voices outside of ourselves to say, hey, if you want to walk with Jesus, I think you should do this. I think God wants you to do this. Maybe this is not the best idea. We're missing out on that if we live 
just in our cocoons, in our pews, and never open ourselves up to anybody else. So when God speaks, what will you do? Samuel approached God with a willing, obedient heart. The message God had for Samuel was not easy. It was a difficult first task that Samuel had. He had to basically talk to what was, would be his father figure, Eli, and tell him about the coming judgment of God. And yet Samuel did it out of obedience. We need to hear God speak today. Like the time of Samuel, people are doing what is right in their own eyes. We're following our own opinions and the opinions of others. I can't help but look around the state of things, and it just feels like the soul of our nation is rotting. I feel like families are failing, churches are failing, everyone, whether they're Christians or not, we, we know that something's off. We know something's not right. But the answer is not political. The answer is not economic. The answer, the root of all of our issues are spiritual. You believe that? Christians in America, on the whole, we're no longer a people that say, speak, Lord, we are your servants and we will obey. But instead, we have put God on mute. And we've said, thus saith my political party. Thus saith my friends. Thus saith my favorite internet influencer. But Christians, we have a word from the Lord. It's sitting in front of you. You have it in your hands. God wants to speak to you through prayer. He does not want a stagnant, lifeless experience for you. God has something to say, and it's never boring. It might be scary. It might be dangerous. It might be exciting. But this age of just simply being satisfied with more information is over. We cannot rely on the fact that there is all this information out there for people to access, and that's enough. If, if, information to the, if access to the gospel was the key to revival in America, then we would all be saved. We'd all be doing awesome, right? We have more conferences. We have more books. We have more Christian music. We have more than any church has ever had in the history of, of humanity. Yet we still struggle. Why? Because we're missing God's voice. We're full of opinions. We're full of agendas. We're full of other people's thoughts and ideas, and yet we spend five minutes a day in prayer. Yet only 16% of us read the Bible every single day. And that shows us the root of the issue, I think. It's that we are missing the most important voice of God, but we don't need to. God wants to speak to you. God wants to speak to us. Why would we think that God would fix the White House when he can't even get a hearing in the church house. We're like, man, what's going on with our country? We're so screwed up. We're having all these problems. We're only praying five minutes a day. The church, where God is supposed to be central, we, we come together for our gatherings, which is awesome, but then we go home and we don't spend time with God. We don't read. We don't pray. We seclude ourselves from community, and we think it's all about just me and my personal relationship with Jesus, which is, is good, but you're missing out on the community aspect, and we wonder why we keep failing over and over and over again. This is not how God designed us to work. He said in Mark chapter 11, my house shall be called a house of what? 
a prayer. Of all the things Jesus could have said, he could have said, my house shall be called a house of preaching, a house of teaching, a house of discipleship, a house of, you just keep going down the line of all of our Christian words. But he said, my house shall be called a house of prayer. That was the one thing Jesus said that should describe us as his people. And yet how little do we pray? I'm not saying this to, to make you feel guilty or bad. I'm preaching this to myself. Taking time to pray is difficult. It's not normal. It's not natural. There's always going to be something else that will take away your time. But we have to fight for this relationship. We have to fight if we want God to use us. I don't want to stand around and, and watch our nation struggle and watch my community falter and fail and just be like, well, what can you do? I want to be part of the solution. I want God to use me. I want God to use us as this church to say, man, we're in this community. Let's reach this community. But it's not going to happen if God is not here. It's not going to happen if we're just going through the motions of church and we're missing the voice of God. We have to have God's voice if we want to make an impact. Our nation may be living like it's the time of the judges where everyone is doing what's right in their own eyes. But I pray that our church will be a church of Samuel's where we spend time with God and we say, speak, Lord. We are your servants. We will listen and we will obey. As the band comes up, uh, maybe you, as you hear this, you're like, man, I've never heard God speak. The idea of God directing and leading my life is something I, I want, but I've never had that before. Maybe you came here this morning and you would label yourself as a Christian, but you really have no relationship with God. There's this interesting phrase in verse 7 that Samuel did not yet know the Lord. He knew all the rituals of the, of the worship in the tabernacle. He knew all the sacrifices. He knew all the songs. He knew all the priests. He had grown up around that. He had heard about God. But he had never personally encountered God before. If that's you this morning, I want to encourage you that God has spoken. And he has said that today is the day of salvation. He said you don't have to be under condemnation for your sins. Christ came. He took your sin, all of your failures, all your struggles on himself, and he paid for it with his own blood on the cross. And if we simply turn away from our sins and put our faith and trust in Christ, he has promised, he has promised to save us. That's not my opinion. That's the truth from the word of God. If that's you this morning, you realize I need God in my life. I need his voice. I need his presence. In a few minutes, I'm going to ask you to come and meet me here at these steps. From, from fellow believers, God is looking for some courageous prayer warriors through whom he can carry out his mission in 2022. God wants to use us. He wants to use you. Maybe you know God has been speaking to you, but you've put him on mute. You've been ignoring it. You, you don't want to hear it. Can today be the day that you allow him to speak and you commit to obey. Don't just pray for revival in America. Pray for revival in you. Pray for revival in this church. We need to invite him in. God is not going to compete for our attention. So if you're a follower of Christ, maybe it's been a long time since you spent some time alone for an extended period of time with God. Can I encourage you to just, just to try it this week? Spend 10, 15, 20, 30 minutes, maybe an hour of just time with the Lord in prayer. And say, God, my life is a blank check. Speak to me and do whatever you will. 
Who here this morning would say, I want to be a part of what God is doing. I don't want to miss out on God's will and work in my life. If you this morning want to say, speak to me, Lord. I need to hear your voice. I want your work to begin in me today. If that's you, then once the band starts playing, again, come down to the altar, stay in your seat. It doesn't matter where you are, but just commit, pray. I'll be down by the steps as well. If you want to pray with me, I'd love to pray with you. Let's invite God to speak to us. God wants to do a work in your life, and it will start with his voice. Come forward today if you want God to do that.